Praise the Lord here this Wednesday. Being able to be in the house of God. Let's continue to pray and believe God that he will begin to move upon people's heart. We have witnessed to many people. A lot of seeds have been planted. And so we're just believing upon the God of increase to begin to move. And so with that being said, I'm going to get ready to jump into our sermon this evening. Get ready to jump into our sermon. We're going to be reading out of Romans. It's a great book. Uh, Romans chapter 4, 18 to 20. In Romans chapter 4, verses 18 to 20. Martin was just 12 years old when a mysterious illness began slowly robbing him of his ability to walk, talk, or communicate on any level. Finally, he descended into a vegetation state that left the doctor baffled and his family despairing. His parents were told to take their son home because his time left was limited. But his time wasn't, wasn't limited. Martin just kept going. Just kept going, said his mother. The first two years, Martin was indeed in a coma-like condition, motionless, unresponsive, and utterly unconscious. But some two years into his ordeal, his mind began to wake up. Unfortunately, his mind was the only thing that began to awake. Martin was soon fully conscious, but unable to communicate with the outside world. No one, even his closest caretakers or doctors knew he could hear and see everything going on around him. Martin felt trapped, claustrophobic, terrified, and felt that he would surely go insane. His lowest moment came when he heard his mother say, I hope you die. So full of despair, she later unsuccessfully attempted to take her own life. As for his father, for the next decade, his father's life consisted of getting up Early in the morning, driving his helpless son to a special care center. Then picking him up eight hours later and driving him home where he would be bathed, fed, and put to bed. But Martin remained trapped in a frozen body. I knew who I was and where I was, and I understood I've been robbed of a real life. Suddenly, after more than a decade of imprisonment within his own body, Martin began to once again fill his members. Slowly, painstakingly, movement followed. And then came rigor rigorous rehabilitation. In his late 20s, he learned to use a computer to speak. Soon after, he got a government job. Then he graduated from college with a, degree, with a degree in computer science. He started his own web design company and married his wife, Joanne, in 2008. Amen. This man was in a place that, is, that it seemed to the eye hopeless. 
His mother even went to the point of saying, I wish that you would die. Because she's looking at the condition that he is in and hope is nowhere to be found. She even attempts to take her own life because of the weight in which she can feel resting upon her in this season of life. In Romans chapter 4, verses 18 to 20, it reads, I'm reading from the New Century Version. There was no hope that Abraham would have children. But Abraham believed God and continued hoping. And so he came, became the father of many nations. As God told him, your descendants also will be too many to count. Abraham was almost a hundred years old, much past the age for having children. And Sarah could not have children. Abraham thought about all of this, but his faith in God did not become weak. He never doubted that God would keep his promise and he never stopped believing. He grew stronger in his faith and gave praise to God. Amen. I want to preach a sermon this evening that I have entitled Finding Hope. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we come in the name of Jesus Christ. We know where the source of hope come from, my God. This evening, if there is anyone in this place who have found themselves in a place of being hopeless, I'm praying that your spirit will begin to speak to them and help them this evening. Lord God, we're in desperate need of you and more of you, God, that your Holy Spirit will increase in this place. That you would touch the mind of those that may be in a place of darkness or despair. That you begin to rekindle a flame in the heart of your people. We thank you, my God, as we look unto you this evening as the source of hope and the source of joy. We give thanks, God, for everything you've done. And all that you're able to do as we move forward, we look unto you, my God. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let me ask you, what does it take for you to lose hope? What does it take for you to stop looking forward with a desire and reasonable confidence? Nick Vujicic, you may be familiar with this name, was born with no arms or legs. Would you say this is reason enough to live life without hope? He's, he wanted to give up on life at age 10 and said he attempted suicide. Could you imagine going through life, uh, being born with no arms or legs, uh, people picking on you and giving you a hard time throughout life? Somewhere there is a weight that can begin to rest upon you where you can begin to feel like this is hopeless. Maybe the ideal of the doctor diagnosing you with cancer, God forbid, or some other terminal disease as we just heard in our opening illustration. Maybe this is reason to live life without expectancy. How much is enough? Enough for us to throw in the towel of hope. Give up and stop trying. 
no longer willing to fight to believe that thing that that things can move into a different direction. Recently, there was a man who had gotten married four times before his final marriage. He married his fifth wife, who after a few days took off with this money and some jewelry. He falls into a depression and then he takes his own life. Where do we call it quits? This is a question you have to ask yourself. Because the truth is, things are not always going to seem to go in our best interest. There are going to be times, like as we read in our text, Abraham is only able to hope in what God has said. Everything around him looks bad. His wife is old. He is old. And his wife cannot have children. She is barren. In Genesis chapter 18, verses 10. It says, and he said, speaking to God here, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? Hope in the situation, it seems like a joke. Sarah is sitting outside and she's listening in and she began to laugh to herself. Ha ha, are you serious? This can be a situation in which you're in. When somebody try and tell you, hey, things can get better on the inside, you're laughing at man like me for real. There's no way that this situation can begin to look any better. I might as well write it off. As his mother said, I wish you would die. Job, his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? When death seemed like the best option. This is a place of darkness. I am talking about, I am not talking about running out of gas or some small hiccup that can be fixed by a person walking by. But this is a place of darkness, a place where God is the only one that can make things turn around. You have five months. You are five months behind on your rent. The eviction notice has already been placed on the door. You, you've tried everything and now they want you out the house. Only something very special has to happen for you to begin to make this work out. The doctor says you only have a few months of life left. Or you have tried over and over and over again and cannot change this thing about yourself or whatever it may be. 
As Paul was saying, there is this thorn in my side. I have a thorn that I can't get rid of. Something that, that seems that won't go away. It feels like uh, this situation is just more than I can bear, God. You almost want to say in the words of Jesus, just take this cup away. It's more than I can bear. This is the place, the arena, where hope is placed out before the lions and is eaten alive, leaving you in a place of despair. One man quotes, the whole thing is quite hopeless, so it's no good worrying about tomorrow. It probably won't come. This is the voice of someone who has grown hopeless, someone who has no future to look forward to in whatever situation it is in. But let's take a look at Abraham, a man who was able to look beyond what was hopeless to find hope. Abraham was almost a hundred years old, much past the age for having children. And Sarah could not have children. Abraham thought about all of this. But his faith in God did not become weak. One of the key principles in this man's hope was he understood where to look. It says Abraham placed his faith in God. No doubt he was fully aware of his age. He even knew that his wife could not have children. But instead of looking at his own ability and the things he could accomplish, he placed his faith in God. The problem with so many of us is we, we say we believe in God, but we don't believe God can move on our behalf. We don't believe God can get involved in our situation. Instead, we want to try and work things so that they fit into our mind of what we can understand. Just like Sarah, who decided that her situation was beyond what God could do. So she asked her husband to go into her servant, Hagar. Hagar has this child, Ishmael. You can read about it in, in um, Genesis chapter 16, who Sarah later despises. This is the thing that tends to happen when we can't believe God, but take things into our own hands. It brings about a frustration, disappointment. And many times you can't wait to point the finger and blame God. But Abraham, even in listening to his wife, he did not lose hope. He didn't lose hope on the promises of God. He never doubted that God would keep his promise. He never stopped believing. He grew stronger in his faith and gave praise to God, he says. Listen, believing God is something you have to make your mind up to do. In coming to Christ, it is a mind made up to believe. 
Not one of us in this place uh, had Jesus walk up to us and say, hey, son, I want you to come and follow me. But we made up in our mind, we believe the word of God, we received Jesus Christ into our heart, and by faith we have accepted him. In John chapter 20, verses 29, Jesus said to them, said to him, because you have seen me, you believe. He's talking to Thomas, doubting Thomas. Thomas was not there during the time when Jesus showed up after the death. So Thomas, uh, the, the disciples have came to Thomas uh, and they're telling him, hey, man, Jesus has showed back up. But, but, but Thomas says, man, I will not believe unless I am able to put my hand in his side. And this is where Jesus comes to him. He says, because you have seen, you believe. But blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. That is you and I today. We see the, 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 the power of God at work in our life. Uh, we can see the scriptures and we take faith uh, and we trust the word of God. Uh, but we have not seen Jesus face to face. And we have made up our minds to trust God. It has to be a mind made up. And it says Jesus called us blessed. That we will believe in him even though we have not seen him. We have made up our minds. Just like you have to make up your mind. In believing he can take a situation that seems hopeless. A situation that seems impossible to move beyond. And believe God can get you through it. Lazarus. Many of us are familiar with this story in the Bible. Lazarus was there in the grave for four days. This is a stinky situation. All hope has been lost. Everyone around is disappointed and down. His sisters are crying. They, they, they see Jesus coming and they begin to weep. Why didn't you come sooner? Because this is a place where hope has been lost. Hey, it's over for my brother. You know, I understand that you're the resurrection after he dies. And I get that, Jesus. But right now, the situation is beyond our control. And that can be us in this place. We're looking at the situation, whether it be our finances, whether it be our marriage, whether it be our job or family or whatever it may be. And we're looking and saying, man, this is beyond my control. There is no more hope for him. Might as well throw in the towel. I don't know what to do. And the thing is, Jesus showed up on the scene and was able to turn it around. But the question is, you, you, will you make it up in your mind to trust Jesus? Will you make it up? in your, Because it, 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 it takes faith. Abraham is in this place, barren. His wife is, he's 99 years old. Sarah is, is beyond the age of childbearing, and he says, I still will trust God. What about you? In your situation, whatever it may be, will you say, I still will trust you, God? You know, I, you know, I take times and, and I make it personal. You know, I come through these doors and, and we're laboring day in and day out. And I'm before God saying, hey, God. You gave us these words that we would see people come and get saved. You have given us these things. God, where are you? But I continue to say, you know what, God, I trust you. 
I will not lose heart, God, because it is not in my hands. It is in your hands. And because of this, I will continue to believe you no matter what. Jesus has the power to move. He has the power to speak. And even what is dead can come to life. Listen, your situation may seem as a dead situation. It may seem like something right now that you want to give up. You want to walk away from. Beloved, listen to these words I am speaking unto you. God is able to change your situation around. If you will trust in him, if you will continue to believe upon the name of Jesus Christ and understand that in his time and he is able to open the door, he is able to do that in what he said he is able to do. The question is, do you believe it this evening? Now, I do understand. We all can wrestle with this place of not trusting God as we should. Because many times uh, we can begin to think things out uh, and they don't play out as they should. Is somebody with me? There may be some times uh, that you have went and prayed for someone and you didn't see healing. You're like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to do that again. There may be some times uh, when you have, have believed God for a situation. God, I was praying for that uh, and nothing happened. And I don't know if I'm going to continue to pray like that again. Or you were fasting and believe, and nothing happened. Right here, the enemy can begin to fire these darts into your mind and begin to cause you where you have to make up your mind to believe. Now the enemy is attacking and now you're backtracking saying, I don't know about this anymore. I don't know if I can trust like, like I should. This is the place. I understand. This is a real and it is a reality. Even Abraham, the father of our faith, when God spoke to him, I want you to pay attention to this in Genesis chapter 17, verses 17. God has done so many things through, for Abraham. He has shown him his hand. But in Genesis 17, 17, it says, then Abraham fell on his faith and laughed. Here it is, God has, has just spoken to him. He's told him, I'm going to make your wife bear a child. And she will, he, he, he listened to this and he said, he falls on his face and he laughs and says in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Even Abraham had thoughts that entered his mind. But what you do with those thoughts is what determines the outcome. Listen, there's nothing wrong with the thoughts that come in. The Bible says we must take every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. So when these thoughts begin to come in your mind, you have to begin to, to, to override them with the promises of God. And this is what Abraham did. Not allowing the doubt to be the thing he held on to. When Abraham Lincoln went into the office as president, he stepped into a bad situation. 
People who wanted people wanted him dead because they knew what he stood for. They showed up outside the Capitol on the day in which he was about to be inaugurated. There were people that were rioting and they were ready to kill him. They had to have people that were lined up to protect him. Shortly after he became the president, a, a civil war breaks out. And as this war breaks out, Abraham, he made some decisions. He sent this guy down there to Virginia. But to be honest, things were going very bad. They were losing this war and, and everything looked bad. But I want to tell you, there was an account. There's an account of one man who said he heard Abraham Lincoln praying. He said they were, he went down to go and check on this guy who he sent down to Virginia, who, who he, he didn't make some dumb decisions. But, but so as Abraham is down there, he gets off, the, he gets off his horse and he, the man says he walks up, he sees the horse, but Abraham is not there. So he looks down and he began to hear this man praying. He said he never heard someone pray the way he heard this man praying. He said he left that place and he went to his wife and he told her, he said, Abraham, they're going to win that war. And she was like, how do you know? It? He said, I never heard a man pray the way I heard him praying that day. And we know the rest of that story. The Civil War ended up being won and the slaves were, were continued to be free. But listen, here it is a man who did not lose hope in the midst of all the craziness that was going on. He didn't allow himself to begin to waver or doubt, but instead he placed his faith in God. He got down on his face. No matter what the situation looked like, he trusted God. He made up his mind. Listen, there is a blessing. To those who would trust God. Abraham. Speaking about Abraham. Our father of the faith. He is the father of our faith. Why? Because he trusted God. This term blessing. It means having found favor from God. Where God moves in your behalf. I am sure each and every one of us. Can use some favor from God. Some of God's blessing inside of our lives. The way we're able to unlock this blessing is by trusting God and believing on him and what he says. Not doubting as Abraham chose not to doubt. Not looking to ourselves and what we can do. But looking to God and what he can do. Remembering how God has moved for us in times past and believing he can do it again. In our text, it says, Abraham, he grew stronger in his faith and he gave praises to God. He grew stronger in his faith and gave praises to God. This means. Continuing to worship and praise God, even when times are difficult. Now, this is an important lesson because right here, when things get hard, many times when things get difficult, you know what we want to do? We want to pull back. 
These are the times uh, instead of coming into the house of God. These are the times when we would much rather be at home. Maybe soaking. Maybe isolating ourselves a little bit. I just need a little time to myself. You know, I need some time to think some things through. This is the place that we go when times get hard, thinking we can handle it on our own. But what we need most of all is to be inside of the things of God, being in the presence of God, coming to church, getting inside of the word of God. These are the times when we we have to pray. But these are the times when we want to pray the least. But the Lord knows we need it as Abraham worshiping and praising God. This man is the father of our faith. And there is much we can learn as we look at his life. We see a man who made mistakes just like we do. He wasn't exempt from making these mistakes. But we also see a man who chose not to doubt his promises. As I mentioned earlier, yes, he laughed. But the Bible says he did not doubt God. This lets you know that as that thought came into his mind, he was able to take it and cast it down. As the Bible makes this remark, a man who did not doubt. No matter how bad your situation may seem. You can trust God and he can turn it around. I ask the question, where do we call it quits? Where do we call it quits? The answer to that question is never. As believers in the name of Jesus Christ, there is never a point when we can come to a place where we say I quit. There is never a point uh, when we can say, you know what, I'm no longer going to go forward. I'm throwing in the towel. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is coming to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Listen, I don't know what you're going through in this place this evening. I don't know how heavy your burden is, but I do know Jesus Christ. I know the one who is able to take your yoke, which is heavy. And he asks of you to begin to take upon his, which is light. But the thing is, you have to make up your mind to say, you know what? Lord, I surrender it to you. I know this situation seems really bad. I know things seem tough. But God, I'm going to place it inside of your hands. I'm going to trust you to work this out. And I'm going to believe that you will do what your word says. Abraham had a child and he had many children from that. He is the father of our faith. Why? Because he held on to the promises of God. Are you willing to hold on to the promises of God? Can you trust him even in the midst of your storm in life? Amen. Can I get every head bowed and every eye closed?
No matter what life has thrown at you this evening. I know life can, can throw some harsh blows and sometimes it makes us feel as, as though we can't move any further forward. But the truth is, you have one that is able to lift you up in the times of hardship. One that is able to show you a way when it seems like there is no way. You're in this place this evening where your life is falling apart. You're in this place right now and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. I want to let you know God loves you and he cares about you. That he died for you upon the cross of Calvary. That if you will accept him as your Lord, if you will accept him as your Savior, he is faithful to forgive you of all your sins, everything in which you have done. He will forgive you if you're willing to ask for forgiveness today. But you have to make up your mind. Say, I'm tired of the way I'm living. I don't want to live like this any longer. I want to receive Jesus Christ into my heart. And if you're sitting out there and this is you, you say, I want prayer, Pastor. I, I want to receive Jesus into my heart uh, by the showing of uplifted hand. I want to believe God for you. That Jesus Christ will come into your heart and set you free. By the showing of uplifted hand throughout this place. I want to pray for you. Amen. And maybe you're sitting in this place. You have faced some trials. You have faced some hardship that have caused you to begin to no longer look unto the one that is able to guide you. The one that is able to provide a way of escape. But you have turned away and you have tried to do things on your own. But yet now you feel the heavy burden of life that is resting upon you. And you don't know what to do. I'm here to let you know God loves you and he wants you to begin to get it right again. He wants you to come out of that place of struggle, of that place of hardship where you have gone to and come back to the place of refuge. The place where you may find peace again. If you're backslidden in heart and you have lost sight, you have lost way. I'm here to let you know God can restore what the enemy has sought to turn out. And if that is you in this place, you be honest in your heart this evening. By the showing of uplifted hand, I want to pray for you. I want to believe God for you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, maybe you're sitting in this place. I want to speak to the church. Listen, church, there are going to be some times of hardship. No doubt the Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. So we are not exempt. Uh, the thing is, as we're going through these seasons, uh, maybe these seasons may seem beyond uh, what we can handle in our own strength. Uh, and that may be so, but God is able to get you through it. Just continue to look to the one who is able to open the doors and, and the one that is able to provide you a way out. I want to open up these altars. If you would like to come out and pray, I want to want to begin to lift up the name of Jesus Christ this evening. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. I want to sing out this song, Jesus, lover of my soul. Jesus, lover of my soul. Jesus, I will never let you go. You've taken me. 
from the miry clay. Set my feet upon the rock, now I know. your wonderful name in this place this day. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord God.